0: Columbus Dispatch is taking an in-depth, year-long look at the Linden neighborhood. This series will explore how Linden became one of the most economically depressed neighborhoods in Columbus and the challenges of revitalizing the neighborhood. We'll speak with residents, neighborhood leaders, and elected officials throughout the series. You can read about it in the newspaper at Dispatch.com and listen on this podcast. This is Living in Linden.
1: I'm Mark Ferencic. I'm a Urban Issues and Urban Affairs reporter here at the Columbus Dispatch, along with Rick Ruan and Kimball Perry. We are going to be embarking on a series of stories this year about the Linden neighborhood one a month starting in May. We think that London is an issue and a neighborhood worth covering because of all the things going on there and also because Mayor Ginther has made this a centerpiece of his administration. But Kimball Perry came up with the idea to to do something more with Wendland. He was interested in the community and the neighborhood and maybe you could tell us a little bit how that started.
2: Sure. My name is Kimball Perry. I cover Franklin County Government for the Dispatch and I'm pretty new to Columbus. I've only been here two years. The background for me on this was in January the County Commission All three of them, and the county administration itself, were pretty upset when the Northern Lights Kroger off of Cleveland Avenue in the northern part of North Linden decided that it was going to close and a lot of people were complaining that it would create something like a food desert in that part of the linden neighborhoods and the commissioners were really upset because they think that they have done a fair amount of work along the cleveland avenue spine of the neighborhood to try to make it better and they were bothered but telling me that they believe that with kroger closing that was a major loss and it really hurt the momentum of what they wanted to accomplish what they want to accomplish in that part of the county so i came back and i talked to the two experts Rick Rick Ruron, who covers city hall for us and mark Farinchek, who you just heard from who thankfully for me sit right next to each other and i said look what what is north and south linden i know nothing about these neighborhoods and the commissioners are really bothered by what happened today and in talking to mark and rick we found out from each other that there's an awful lot of stuff going on, not all of it good, uh, in North and South London, and we put our heads together and decided to come up with some ideas, and the series is what we came up with. One of the things that I think really helps is that Mayor Ginther said that this was one of the major things that he wanted to accomplish, was helping neighborhoods like Franklinton and like the North and South London areas, and that's when, um, you know, Rick got on board and we started doing some of the other stuff. Why don't you talk about that, Rick?
0: Yeah, so you're exactly right. This is a neighborhood that Mayor Ginther talks about a lot, uh, frequently when the city has major announcements about new programs or funding sources that, that it's going to use new budgets approved they will have events out at rec centers in Linden because they want people to see that the, this is a big priority for the mayor you know there are myriad issues in Linden that the the city is trying to tackle. Crime is a big one of those They just had a, a recent press conference out there talking about a new crime initiative That was started back in the fall and kind of giving updated progress on that, bringing jobs to that area. It's uh, one of the most economically depressed areas of the city, if not the most economically depressed. Mark could probably speak to that better than I can. Cleveland Avenue, as you mentioned, Kimball, the commissioners have invested there. The city is also uh, looking at that area. I believe it was last year that there was an announcement about studying corridors in the city, and Cleveland Avenue is one of those. um, Looking at things like land use, transportation, kind of how do you revitalize Cleveland Avenue because it is such an important piece uh, of Linden because it, it really is the main commercial corridor through that area. So I think, you know, over the course of the the next year, we're going to be taking a close look at a lot of different issues in Linden. You know, there are bad things happening in Linden, and I think we, we want to dive deeper into those, but there have been some efforts to uh, fix those, and I think we, we want to tell those stories as well. So it's going to be a pretty wide-ranging series, But Mark is really kind of kicking us off with an explanation of sort of how we got here. Why don't you talk about that, Mark? So
1: Linden's history is pretty interesting. Like a lot of other cities, there was a community that was a community unto itself. It was called Linden Heights. It was formed in 1901. It was at the outskirts of the Columbus area at the time that area was finally annexed into the city, I believe in 1921. But again, that was, it was surrounded by woods, farm fields. We talked to some residents who grew up there who would talk about, again, they would get out and play in the woods and the fields near them because that was the outskirts of the city at the time. So over the years, um, it grew as a very middle class place. People would work at places like Columbus Coated Fabrics nearby or the Timken Company, which made roller bearings for years and years. Its location is close to downtown. It's close to John Glenn International Airport now. And so at the time, too, it was also close to a lot of other things in Columbus. So it was a good place to settle down, raise your family. Cleveland Avenue Corridor was thriving. It had uh, new car dealerships. It had drugstores. It had a movie theater. It had a library branch. Many churches around there, too. We talked to one resident there who had lived there for a long time. And remember that on Sundays, everything closed, though, because that's what happened on Sundays. You just stayed home. You went to church. You went to a family dinner and whatnot. And it was a very solid community at the time. As the years went on, there were more African-Americans who moved in the South London area, and North London remained mostly white. Hudson Street was a dividing line of sorts, and um, even today, if you look at incomes between North London and South London, it's very diverse. I wanted to say that the median family income in South London now is still only $20,000 a year. Statewide median uh, household income is 52000 so it shows you that poverty is still a major major major, major problem there there are efforts underway to try to do some things in Linden. Again, we're going to write about what we have written about, the, the CMAX bus service that the, the bus rapid transit that runs up Cleveland Avenue. People are looking at that as a possible something to build around. Rick can talk a little bit more about this with Georgetown and also maybe some of the questions around that tax abatement where Linden is going to be getting, what, $5.75 million, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's right. That so Linden. last year, the city approved a Tax abatement for the developers of Easton, uh, which everybody here is familiar with as a, a retail center, but also kind of a sprawling business park as well. And as part of that deal, the developers are giving the city five point seven five million dollars to use in in Linden. This was a, a complicated deal that they had a kind of a limited window because of a change in state law to to make it happen, but they made it happen. So about a year ago, the Mayor had a press conference out at a rec center in London and said that they were going to develop a plan to figure out how they were going to spend that money. So that that's something we'll be looking at is you know where is that money going now? How far does five? 0.75 million dollars go in a neighborhood like Linden and how does that contribute to solving systemic problems that have persisted for decades in a Columbus neighborhood.
1: Another thing we're going to take a look at are perceptions and misperceptions of the of the neighborhood. I talked to a researcher who as uh, part of her master's program at Ohio State went to Linden to ask people to some extent, did you plan on staying in Linden? And she's from Sunbury, Delaware County, pretty well to do. She Like a lot of other people, I think, had perceived Linden to be a dangerous place based on what you see on the news. She found that that wasn't necessarily the case. She also found that people that she talked to wanted to stay there and they wanted to help the community. Both Lindens have lost a third of their population since 1960, but the population seems to have stabilized somewhat, helped a bit by immigration from West African countries, from Somalia, and other areas. I was going to ask you, Kimball, because, again, you are not from Columbus. Correct. Still relatively new to Columbus, just based on what your impressions were of Linden. How do you see Linden when you drive around? When you talk to people, what's your impression? What's your takeaway of Linden as somebody who's new to the area?
2: I was really surprised because I've only before doing this project, I had only driven up and down Cleveland Avenue. A lot of my exposure was covering the Kroger closing in January, late December, January. But when I and one of the photographers started driving around, there are some decent neighborhoods up there. There's, uh, there's Dresden. There's another one. uh, Oh, I can't. It's real close to Dresden that I can't remember. I get the sense in talking to the dozens of people I've talked to and talking to some of the business owners I've talked to that it is a quote unquote regular neighborhood where 90% of the people who live there like themselves and want it to be clean, want successful jobs, want businesses to come there. And then, then there are, you know, five to 10% who are knuckleheads who are doing the dumb things like being in the alleys where there are drug deals going on. As I told you guys, I went out there to take pictures and uh, to walk around the streets one day and just walking up and down the street. I was propositioned by a prostitute. It's like, I'm not sure if that happens in, um, in New Albany or Upper Arlington or some of the other areas around here. And I, it was a little bit disconcerting because it was in the middle of the day and it was on this main thoroughfare. And when I tell this to some of the business owners up there, they say, that's exactly what we've, the kinds of things that we've got to get rid of if we want to make this community thrive. And believe me, there are lots of people there who are so passionate about wanting their neighborhood to be something other than what it is now with its reputation of fairly high crime, very poor. They want it to be happy and successful. And, you know, they want to do what they can to do that. And that includes speaking up. And frankly, that also includes talking to us for what we want to accomplish for this series.
1: There are a number of hurdles that Linden still has to overcome. At one time back in 2013, I believe there were more than 1,300 vacant abandoned homes in Linden. Now that's fewer than 900. Combination of lots of demolitions after the foreclosure crisis and also homes are being rehabbed as well. There's some newer residents who've moved into the area. Some even have small chicken operations there. <laughs> so that's a little bit different for what people perceive to be an urban area. But there are lots of things that we're going to try to get into with this series. And please read us over the next year. The first installment is going to be running May 13th, along
0: with videos. I think one thing that's important to, to note here is that we have ideas for stories that we're going to write, but we also want to know what the Linden community is, is interested in seeing us write about. So our great web team here has put together a Facebook community specifically for this project so that we can hear more from those people. It's the Linden Community Discussion Group on Facebook. You can go there if you live in Linden and ask to participate in that. And we'd love to hear more from people who live in that community who know it far better than we do.
2: The thing that I've been pleasantly surprised with is the dispatch's commitment to this. For these 12 stories, we've basically been allowed to put together a team that includes the three reporters you're listening to now, two photographers, two videographers, basically two web team members and an editor. And we have been meeting for, you know, five, six times over the last month or month and a half trying to figure out what we're going to do. So this is a major commitment and a major spending of resources by the dispatch. So uh, please listen to us on the podcasts. Please go to Facebook, look that up. And you can also follow any of the stories at dispatch.com.